Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. This is the Oanda Market Insights podcast with me, Johnny Hart. Let's catch up with all the latest business and market headlines from Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham. How are you doing, Craig? Very good, mate. How are you? Not bad at all. Let's start with the FTSE, which closed the day 129 points higher at 5,770. Why the positive sentiment today? Well, I'm not sure how much of it's positive sentiment and how much of it is just a bit of a rebound, to be honest. Uh, we had a bad day yesterday, um, and uh, in the US as well, we had a pretty bad day on Monday as well. It seems like these markets have kind of plateaued over, over the course of the last week and a half, and I don't think it's coincidental that the start of earnings season has occurred around the same time. We've had a strong bounce back from the lows of the start of the year, and maybe we've just seen some profit taking because people are expecting some potentially bad news and maybe view the earnings season as a bit of a banana skin. So I'm looking at today's move and I'm not getting too carried away with it. We've seen a bit of a bounce back across the board. That doesn't mean everything's automatically bullish again. Obviously, it'd be lovely if it was, but um, we live in a quite crazy world at this moment in time and the movements that we've seen in oil this week have only added to that craziness. Indeed, and oil made a bit of recovery today as well, both Brent and WTI, which must have come as a massive relief for many in the oil market, although I hesitate to say that this is going to be on a permanent basis. Is the only way up from now, or could you see it going back to where it was a couple of days ago? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, the only way is up maybe in the long term. I think in a year's time, we'll be looking back on this Again, I keep saying this in relation to everything, but we'll be looking back on this going, my word, that they were really unbelievable times. They were like oil prices were so incredibly low. If you'd have said to people six months ago, WTI crude would be 23% higher on the day at $14 a barrel, people would think that you wouldn't know what you're talking about. But that is the situation that we live in. Earlier this week, we had negative $40 a barrel on the May contract. This is an extremely volatile situation. We have this unenviable situation where we have uh, demand destruction across the globe, uh, estimated to be around 30 million barrels. We've had an oil supply cut uh, by OPEC and its allies of just shy of 10 million barrels, which is far short of that demand destruction that I've just alluded to. And it's expected that other private sector companies are going to make up further cuts uh, as part of that, but that takes time. What we have right now is we have a huge oil surplus and we don't have anywhere to put and for that reason until we start to see the numbers shift and until we start to see production fall more severely and until we maybe even see additional cuts agreed to by OPEC and its allies I don't see how what what, what the supportive factors are uh, for these crude prices and I think the closer we get to that expiry of this June contract I think we are going to see a lot more carnage once again unless like I say we've seen some uh, a significant shift now that could be another cut it could be the fact that we see the US data and other data start to show that production is naturally coming down of its own accord or it could be something more extreme one of the things that's been touted for example in the US is uh, the US government effectively paying shale uh, driller to keep the oil in the ground, so effectively creating underground storage due to the lack of overground capacity. If we start to see deals like that being made on a, on a significant basis, then yes, you could see a change. But the problem is they don't have Congress on their side at the moment in order to do that. Congress doesn't want to spend taxpayer money saving uh, the shale industry. So unless that changes, then it's hard to see where the deal is going to be struck. But again, these markets are full of surprises. I'm sure there's plenty more to come. 
more broadly, when it comes to the pandemic crisis, we've had not so much news coming out of Europe or indeed America over the last couple of days or so, bearing in mind we've reached a peak, we think, in the UK and in Europe. Markets aren't quite as sensitive to some of the news coming out of 10 Downing Street or beyond in Europe. We hope we've hit a peak. This is a continually evolving thing. I struggle to see a situation in which there isn't setbacks along the way, but we continue to have hit a peak, particularly in new cases where we do seem to be seeing more downward trajectory, which is positive. And even in terms of uh, Italy, Spain and others, um, the death toll as well, thankfully, starting to head in the right direction. But as we saw, obviously, in the US, we're still seeing spikes in the uh, death count as well there. So I don't think we've hit a point where people can feel particularly comfortable. But the fact that we're even discussing economies opening again, we're seeing small indications in Spain and Italy that they are opening certain shops, kind of just catching up with the lockdown that the UK put in place. Conversations are happening for more to happen. The UK obviously is in lockdown for the next three weeks at least, could be longer, but I think we're now starting to move in that right direction that we were talking about previously and now we just need to learn more about what the uh, economic consequences have been and that's one of the things that this uh, earnings season is going to provide and one of the reasons why I do think we are seeing such caution in the markets, even if today we are 2 or 3% higher. And uh, finally, Craig, um, some data out today, UK inflation falling to 1.5% in March. That was largely driven by falls in the price of clothing and, as we mentioned before, oil ahead of the coronavirus lockdown. I guess there's two questions that we need to ask ourselves with regards to the upcoming inflation data. One is, who cares? Um, we're talking about inflation data that uh, is coming out at a time when the central banks have thrown the kitchen sink trying to save these economies. So is are they going to respond to movements in, uh, in near-term price inflation? I would argue probably not. Two is, yes, some, some places are going to, have, going to have put prices up, but many other places aren't even open at all. So how reliable is this data in terms of judging what kind of price sensitivity we have in these economies at this moment in time? So I think I'd probably err towards the former and say, that's interesting. Um, yes, we are going to see movements here, and if there may be things to read into future readings, but I think at this moment in time, it just it, it's it's borderline irrelevant because it's it's difficult to analyse the incoming data and then to try and determine exactly how central banks respond. If the inflation data fell to 0.5% now, would this would the Bank of England react any differently to what it would do if it stayed at 1.5%? I would argue probably not. Again, we are in extremely uncertain times. We are in uncharted territory. And I think it's going to take a, at least a few months to unpick everything and determine what the actual long-term consequences of this has been. And I think that's the type of thing that the Bank of England is going to respond to rather than these month-by-month inflation readings. OK, Craig Earnham, thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot. This is a Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Mm-hmm.